Hi, this is Sam. And this is Anuel. And this is Murderous Intention. Hey guys. Um, so as we enter Mother's Month, I know not a lot of people call it that, but we're going to appreciate moms for this month. Not really. We're going to show the evil side of some moms. Um, you're going to hear barking and my, and we're also going to hear probably, um, my Bruno being a past there. It's, I think it's a full moon. I swear. I, I really feel like it's going to be a full moon and they're just acting crazy. But let's get on with this first Mommy Dearest Month episode. Mommy Dearest, okay. Yeah, Mommy Dearest. Okay, if you want to call it that. All right. Um, so we, I, be, I found it very difficult to, I found a lot of people, mm -hmm. but not enough to do a full podcast on it. They're, you know, the information I had was a couple paragraphs, and I'm like, I can't do nothing with that. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, so I picked the best of the least, or the, okay. of the worst, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, but this one was interesting to me, because, um, so obviously you're a mom, and you had three kids. Yeah. Have you ever experienced postpartum depression? Or any type of symptoms that you would consider postpartum depression? Mm, honestly, I don't think I... I did. I don't think... Okay. Well, they call it... Uh, so the case is Andrea Yates, and they called it postpartum psychotic something. Okay. I, I don't remember it right now, but... It was worse than just postpartum depression. Like um, she had a psychotic breakdown? Like she had a psychotic breakdown. Okay. Um, so anyway, Andrea was born in Hasville, Texas. The youngest of five children of the of Judah Karen Collier, a German immigrant, and Andrew Emmett Kennedy, whose parents were Irish immigrants. She suffered from bulimia. During her teenage years, she also had depression, and at age 17, she spoke to a friend about suicide. Um, she graduated from Milby High School in 18, excuse me, 1982. She was, a, she was a class valedictorian, captain of the swim team, and an officer in the National Honor Society. Mm. So, I mean, she did pretty good for herself in high school. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andrea completed a two-year pre-nursing program at the University of Houston and graduated from the University of Texas Health Science Center at Houston. From 1986 until 1994, she worked as a registered nurse at the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center. In summer of 1989, she met Russell Rusty who they named Russ, or who they call Rusty, um, an engineer 
at the um, Sunscape Apartments in Houston. They soon moved in together and were married on April 17, 1993. They announced that they would seek to have as many babies as nature allowed. That's not a good start. No. You think that way. So and so they bought a um, four bedroom house in Friendswood, Texas. Mm-hmm. Their first child, Noah, was born in February 1994, just before Rusty accepted a job offer in Florida. So they relocated to a small trailer in Seminole. By the time of the birth of their third child, Paul, they moved back to Houston and purchased a GMC motorhome. So they moved They moved a lot. That's not a, It's like, why I want to have a lot of kids if you're going to be... Relocating, around. yeah. Like, when you want to have a lot of kids, you need to have, like, permanent destination, kind of, in my opinion. Yeah. So following the birth of her fourth child, Luke, Andrea became depressed. On June 16, 1999, Rusty found her shaking and chewing her fingers. The next day, she attempted to commit suicide by overdosing on pills. She was admitted to the hospital and prescribed antidepressants. Soon after her release, she begged Rusty to let her die as she held the knife up to her neck. Once again hospitalized, she was given a cocktail of medication, including Haldol, an antipsychotic drug. Her condition improved immediately as she prescribed it uh, as she was prescribed it on her release. After that, Rusty moved the family into a small house for the sake of her house. She appeared temporarily stabilized. In July 1999, Andrea suffered a nervous breakdown, which culminated in two suicide attempts and two psychotic hospitalizations that summer. She was diagnosed with postpartum psychosis. Mm. That can be scary. Yeah. So, Andrew's first um, psychiatrist, Dr. Elaine Starbranch, testified that she urged her and Rusty not to have any more children. As it would guarantee further psychotic depression, they could see their fifth and final child approximately seven weeks after her discharge. That was like... So, the psychiatrist said, listen, I, I suggest you have no more kids. Okay, seven weeks later. Like, what? What? So my thing is, did she say that, like, while she was still pregnant? Or... It must have been. I mean, So she weeks. probably said, after this, no more. No more. Yeah. No more, because you're going to go on a really bad psychotic break. Right. Okay. Um, so she stopped taking, so then they gave her this medicine, Hadrol. And in okay. March twenty, uh, in March two thousand, she stopped taking it. Why? Great question. And gave birth to her daughter, Mary, on November thirtieth, two thousand. Mm-hmm. She seemed to be coping well until the death of her father on March twelfth, two thousand and one. Andrea then stopped taking medication, mutilated herself. And read the Bible furiously. Those are bad signs. And not that reading the Bible is a bad sign. But when you're reading it, like, with 
so much intensity, it's a bad sign. And especially you're, you're harming yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this is going down bad now. Just like, yeah. Um, but worst of all, she stopped feeding Mary, the baby. Oh, so she was breastfeeding and she... Apparently she stopped feeding Is her. she st- Did she switch over to like formula? Um, I don't know. But she became so in- incapacitated that she required immediate hospitalization. Wow. On April 1st, 2001, she came under the, core, the care of Dr. Moham Saeed. She was treated and released. On May 3rd, 2001, she degenerated back into a near catatonic state and filled the bathtub in the middle of the day. She would later confess to police that she had planned to drown the children that day, but had decided against doing it then. She was hospitalized the next day after a scheduled doctor visit. Her psychiatrist determined she was probably suicidal and had filled the tub to drown herself. So, If only. Right. I'm not trying to be mean about it, but if only. Right. But if you tell the police that the reason you filled the tub was to drown the children, mm-hmm. uh, why would you be released? No, she later told, said that that was her first attempt. Okay. <laughs> but still, I would have, like, listen, you need to be under psychiatric care like even when you just do regular try to do like you know you're debating whether to do certain things you they put you on like for weeks where you're in a psychiatric ward until they can declare that you know you're sane enough to come back out i don't see why they didn't do it with her right i don't i don't either and I'm sorry, but the signs are written on the wall. Like, even the fir- her first therapist saw those signs and said, no more kids, stop, you know. Yeah, because each one of them was giving her um, psychiatric psychosis. So it's like, mm-hmm. you you even you understand postpartum depression because a lot of women suffer through that. Yeah. But not postpartum psychotic, psychosis. psychosis. Like, yeah. what? Is where you're having a psychotic episode while you're in a postpartum depression, which is like the worst because when you're, first of all, let's be honest, depression, we all know what it is. Right. Um, and if you haven't, then you haven't lived through COVID. Right. Because that thing caused a lot of depression. Right. Um, and then postpartum depression is just basically either you feel isolated, you start not having a connection, you start losing the value of who you are. And it's it's just, it has a lot of different effects for everybody, being honest. Yeah. Um, and it's still something that it's not fully like saying, oh, well, this is the postpartum depression. You know, this is the to the T, what it is. If right. you don't have this, then you don't have postpartum. It's not, it's something that we're, we're little by little learning more and more how it reacts to each person because each mom is different. Right. Um, so, yeah. And of course, each person has a different trigger and mm-hmm. what causes it and all that stuff. So, I'm just a bubble. Yeah. Um, okay. Ready or not, here I go. 
um, at the time of the murders, um, the family was living in the Houston suburb of Clear Lake City. She continued, she continued under Dr. Sadid's care until June 20th, 2001, when, when Rusty left to work. Leaving her alone to watch the children against Dr. Saeed's instructions to supervise her around the clock. Mm. Question. Yeah. If you have if you have a psychiatrist said, listen, this girl needs round the clock supervision. Why the I would not, fuck would you I, leave her alone for an hour or whatever? I would not leave her alone no matter what. I'd be like, listen, I'm sorry I can't come in or I'm gonna be coming in late. I need somebody, you know, to help with the kids. Yeah. I, I I can't, yeah. So, his mother, Dora, Mm -hmm. had been scheduled by Rusty to arrive an hour later to take over for, you know, take over, you know, watching her. So they thought an hour, nothing should happen. They had the stupid question of, what could she possibly do in an hour? A lot. (laughs) A lot. So... In the space of that hour, Andrea drowned all five children. Andrea started with John, Paul, and Luke, and then laid them on her bed. She then drowned Mary, whom she left floating in the tub. Noah came in and asked what was wrong with Mary. She then ran. Excuse me, he then ran, but she soon caught and drowned him. She left him floating in the tub and they Mary in John's arms on the bed. She then called the police repeatedly saying that she needed an officer but would not say why. She then carried Rusty and told them to come home right away. So apparently in an hour I could join five children. Well, technically, yeah. Well, yeah no, I because mean, yeah. It, it don't, think about it. An hour is 60 minutes. You got five kids. Let's which to drown a regular human being. Um, I'm gonna tell you one second. Google is gonna think I'm I'm up to something. Well, my well my Google already thinks you know. I'm 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 really surprised that my Google hasn't um, sent an FBI alert on my on my search on my search engine. <laughs> I'm a crime fiction writer. I'll be like, hey, what happens if this happens? So they say, they say a person can drown in less than 60 seconds. That's a minute. Um, it's 20 seconds for a child. Yeah. So think about it. If your mom is applying all her way. Yeah. Yeah. It won't take long. Yeah. And then with the baby, it, it would be a shorter Mary, remember, Mary is still, it was a baby, so. Yeah, the baby of the bunch. She, she, yeah. So, Why did we do this? Because you said, hey, it's Mother's Day month. Let's do something about mothers. I'm like, okay. Yeah, but I didn't think Mommy Dearest would be that bad. Okay, so. Andrea confessed to joining her children. Mm-hmm. Prior to her second child, she told Dr. Michael Wellner, that she waited for Rusty to leave for work that morning before 
filling the bathtub because she knew he would have prevented her from harming them. After the murders, police found the family dog locked up. Rusty advised bit her ass. Right. Rusty advised Welner that it had normally been uh, allowed to run free, and was so when he had left the house that morning. Leading the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist to allege that she locked the dog in the cage to prevent it from interfering with her killing the children one by one. Rusty got a family friend, George Parnham, to mm-hmm. act as her attorney. Although the defense expert testimony agreed that Andrea was psychotic, Texas law requires that in order to successfully assert the insanity defense, the defendant must prove that they could not discern right from wrong at the time of the crime. In March 2002, a jury rejected the insanity defense and found her guilty. Although the prosecution had sought the death penalty, the jury refused to uh, refuse that option. The trial court sentenced her to life imprisonment in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice with eligibility for parole in 40 years. Wait, are we seriously going to let her out? Apparently. I, I I don't disagree with the um death penalty. I mean She, she should have got the gas chamber, make her gag on her own fucking thing. Seriously. Um Better yet, they should have drowned her. But like do the thing where you're like like when you start seeing that she's passing out, bring her back up so she get that air and have her do it five times and then the last time let her drown for real. It's not that I'm cruel. I just I feel she deserves that punishment so she can see how it felt for those children. Well, yeah. Um, but you, the the other thing that has me like, mm-hmm. she tried this before, where she filled up the bath, and she later told them that yeah, I thought she was gonna she was gonna not drown herself. But, but my thing is why she wanted to drown her kids. Right. And then her te- in um, her testimony in court saying that she actually waited for Rusty to leave. He said, I'm okay, I'm fine. Yeah, your mother's coming in out, no problem. You know, so to me that's um It's premeditated. Premeditated, right. Like you knew what you were doing. Mm-hmm. You were not it's not like, oh okay, I don't know what to do. Out of the blue, just killed your kid for no reason. You know, that's yeah. you have a better, a better case at the insanity defense if yeah. you did that. But she like, no, I I, I waited for. And they saw they also with the door being locked up, so right. it it proves she had enough coherent capacity to know I had to lock up the door. Cause it's gonna stop me from doing what I'm gonna do. I have to wait till Rusty goes to work. And within this hour, I need to go and slaughter my own children. What? Because, I mean, it's like, it's like right now, I'm here in your house. Mm-hmm. I play with Joey and I, and I start beating him up. Your dogs will start attacking me because yes. they don't know the difference. They don't know that I'm playing with him compared to, oh, he's hurting him. I'm going to stop, you know. Mm-hmm. And she may, have gotten, she may have gotten away with killing one. Maybe two of them before the dog, like, wait, something's wrong. I need to, you know, get in here, mm-hmm. you know. So, 
On January 6, 2005, a Texas Court of Appeals reversed the convictions because California psychiatrist and prosecution witness, <clears throat> excuse me, Dr. Park Diet, admitted he had given material false testimony during the trial. In his testimony, Diet had stated that shortly before the murder on um, the murders, yeah. An episode of Law and Order had aired featuring a woman who drowned her children and was acquitted of murder by reason of insanity. Author Susan O'Malley was covering the trial for oh, the, Oprah, the Oprah magazine, mm-hmm. um, also for the New York Times magazine and NBC News. She had previously been a writer for Law and Order and immediately reported that no such episode existed. Two years later, in 2004, Law and Order, Criminal Consent, did air the episode Magnificat, based in part on Andrea's case. The appellate appellate court had unanimously, excuse me, the appellate court held unanimously that the jury might have been influenced by Diaz's false testimony and therefore, a new trial would be necessary. On January 9, 2006, Andrew again answered pleas of not guilty by reason of insanity. On February 1, 2006, she was granted release on bail on the condition that she be admitted to a mental health treatment facility. On July 26, 2006, after three days of deliberation, Andrew was found not guilty by reason of insanity Are you- as defined by the state of Texas. She was thereafter committed to the North Texas State Hospital Vernon Campus. In January 2007, she was moved to the Kerrville State Hospital, a low-security mental facility in Kerrville, Texas. So because somebody, the psychiatrist or whatever doctor, gave false false testimony, Instead of going to jail, she gets to go to a years, psychiatric ward. It goes to a psychiatric ward. Yeah. Yeah. Which, unless that it's for the criminal, unless it's for the criminally insane, psychiatric wards are not bad. Being honest, that's a cakewalk compared to jail. Oh hell yeah! Chew. Listen, I. I'm gonna be honest. Before I had my kids, I I had I had a a suicide moment, um, and I was able to go and ask them if I can get the vegan, like a vegan menu instead. Remember that's when I was a vegan and everything. Um, and yeah, I got to wake up at nine something. I didn't have to worry about bills. I didn't have to worry about going to work, you know. I didn't have to worry about sweeping. I didn't have to worry about mopping. I didn't have to worry about anything, you know. Yeah. So my thing was, you know, it's a cake. That that, that was a cake, like you said. Um. But yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, although psychiatrists for both Texas state prosecutors and her defense lawyers 
agreed that she was severely mentally ill mm -hmm. with one of several psychotic diseases at the time. She killed her children. At the time, she killed her children, excuse me. The state of Texas asserted that she was, by legal definition, aware enough to judge her actions as right or wrong. Despite her mental defect, the prosecution further implied spousal revenge as a motive for the killings, despite the conclusion of defense experts that there was no evidence to support such a motive. Although the original jury believed she was legally aware of her actions, they disagreed that her motive was spousal revenge. Yeah. Um... According to trial testimony in 2006, Dr. Saeed advised Rusty, a former NASA engineer, not to leave Andrea unattended. However, he began leaving her alone with the children in the weeks leading to the drownings of her for a short periods of time, apparently um, to improve her independence. He had announced at a family gathering the weekend before the journey's day, he had decided to leave her home alone for an hour each morning and evening so that she would not become totally dependent on him and his mother for her maternal responsibilities. Um, Andrea's brother, Brian Kennedy, told Larry King on a broadcast of CNN's Larry King Live that Rusty expressed to him in 2001 while transporting her to the Laval treatment facility that all depressed people needed was a swift kick in the pants to get them motivated. Oh, my God. Her mother, Judah Kennedy, expressed shock when she heard of Rusty's plan while at the gathering with them, saying Andrea wasn't stable enough to care for the children. She noted that Andrea demonstrated she wasn't in her right mind when she nearly choked Mary by trying to feed her solid food. According to author Susie Spencer and Suzanne O'Malley, who investigated her story in great detail. It was during a phone call Dr. Saeed made to Rusty during the breaking news of the killings that Saeed first learned that she was not being supervised full-time. Um, Andrea's first psychiatrist, Dr. Elaine Starbatch, French, mm -hmm. says that she was shocked to, dis um, to disbelieve when during an office visit with the couple, they expressed a, a desire to discontinue her medication so she could become pregnant again. She warned and counseled them against having more children and noted that in the medical record two days later, apparently, um, two days later, apparently patient and husband plan to have as many babies as nature would allow. This will surely guarantee future psychotic depressions. Nevertheless, Andrew became pregnant with her fifth child, Mary, only seven weeks after being discharged from Dr. Starbranch's care on January 12, 2000. Rusty stated to the media he was never told by a psychiatrist that his wife was psychotic, nor that she could harm the children, and that, um, and that had he known otherwise, he would have never had more children, saying, if I'd known she was psychotic, would never have even considered having more kids, he told the Dallas Observer. However, Andrew revealed to her prison psychiatrist, Dr. Melissa Ferguson, that prior to the last child, she had told Rusty that she did not want to have sex because Dr. Starbridge had said she might hurt her children. Rusty, she said, simply asserted his 
co-created religious beliefs, complimented her as a good mother, and persuaded her that she could handle more children. O'Malley's highlighted Rusty's continuing sense of unreality regarding having more children. During the trial, he successfully maintained the position that Andrea would be found innocent. He had fantasies of having more children with her after she was successfully treated in a mental health facility and released on under proper medication. He worked his way through various fixes for their damaged lives, such as surrogate motherhood and adoption, horrifying her family, attorneys, and Houston psychiatrists before giving in to reality. What the fuck? Like, he's not actually thinking about her. His concern is not her, being honest. His concern is having someone to pass the genes on to. Right. Like, you're, he's not even thinking. Yeah, he, he could have he cared less about her. Um, all he wanted was to procreate. Yeah. Um, so, Rusty continued that as a psychiatrist, Dr. C was responsible for recognizing and properly treating Andrea's psychosis, not a medically un- untrained person like himself. Andrea claimed that despite his urging to check her medical records for prior treatment, Dr. Sayi had refused to continue her regimen of the antipsychotic Haldorol, the treatment that had worked for her during the first breakdown in 1999. Mm-hmm. The real question to me is, how could she have been so ill and the medical community not diagnose her? not treat her, and obviously not protect our family from her. Rusty testified that he never thought, um, he never knew that she had visions of, and voices. He said he never knew she had considered killing the children. Neither did Dr. Saeed, even though the delusions could have been found in medical records from 1999. He, re- he reluctantly prescribed Haldoro, the same drug that worked in a drug cocktail for her in 1999, but after a few weeks, um, he took her off the drug, citing his concerns about side effects. Though her condition seemed to be worsening two days before the journeys, when Rusty drove her to Dr. Saeed's office, he testified the doctor should to try harder or longer or return her to the hospital. He added that his wife was too sick to be discharged from her last stay in the hospital in May 2001. He said he noticed the staff lowered their heads as if in shame and embarrassment, turning away without saying a word. The hospital had no other choice due to the 10-day psychiatric hospitalization insurance constraints of their provider, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, hey, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Anyway, um, subcontracted by Mulligan Health Services. Um, that thing of the 10-day um, psychiatrist mm-hmm. is it's real. Like, they can't, they're kind of like restrained and, and, and you, you can't get past it. Yeah. You know. Um, I got distracted, sorry. No, you're fine. Um, so. I see it. I just heard something over there that distracted me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Rusty and his relatives claimed a combination of antidepressants um, 
and properly prescribed by Dr. Saeed in the days before the tragedy. Where we, no, that's, am I right there? Yes, okay, I am. All right. I thought I read that right. Sorry. Um, prescribed by Dr. Saeed in the days before the tragedy were responsible for Andrew's violent psychiatric, um, psychotic behavior. Andrew was on 450 milligrams of Ethicor, um, among other medications, and was, in his opinion, severely over-medicated. The psychiatrist said he would, he would reduce the Ethicor from 450 milligrams to 300 milligrams. Rusty protested and quoted his own extensive research on the antidepressant. He said he read it. He said he read it shouldn't be reduced by more than 75 milligrams every three or four days, not 150 milligrams in one day. Um, so, Rusty thinks he's a doctor or a psychiatrist as well. Wow. Um, like, I, I'm still trying to figure out what's Rusty's role in all this. Like, as far as he's not the loving husband anymore. No, he. I don't think he really ever really was. Mm. I think he saw her as a vessel mm-hmm. who can give him the children he wants. And he, I don't, you know what it reminds me of? You know, um, and I might get backlash on this, but it's those ladies that, um, they always have the hair in the braid, um, and then they wear those dresses. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, they were the there. They had they had that big case about it. Um, that the their main guy is in jail right now. Yes. And they, um, they'll have it where like a young girl who could be like nine or twelve years old, but just because she's already in that period stage, she's forced to marry this old geezer. Kind of thing. It's a cult. Well, yeah, it's like a cult, but they call it a different thing. Yeah. They, they're, they're considered a religious group. A religious group, yeah. 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 Um, I forgot the damn names. And I, I don't want to say... Um, I don't think they're the Latter-day... No, they're not the Latter-day no. Saints. I forgot the name. And it's not Mormons, either. I don't know about the Mormons, though. Mormons are more just quiet. They're, norm- they're normal. It's just they're they're just they're quiet. You can't lose your virginity until you're married. Oh okay. Yeah, I forget the name of it. I know exactly what to talk about though. There was a show um, on Annie, I think it is. Yeah, escaping. Um, um, polygamy. Yes. Escaping polygamy. Yes. That's it. That's what I I think. That's where he should have been. Like like and. The the person in charge, the father of all these kids, that's what he wanted. He didn't care. He just wanted kids, mm-hmm. his kids, and then he ended up raping kids to have more kids. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where I'm not saying that Rusty's a rapist. What yeah. I'm saying is the way it's coming out is where Rusty only cared about making children and having what he wanted. Never mind the fact that. Maybe just having one kid would have been fine because maybe now you would have somebody to, you know, extend your generation, right. you know, instead. But Yeah, he, he didn't care about that. 
Um, so according to Dr. Maura Dolan, executive director of the Medical Accountability Network, homicidal ideations was added to the warning label of the antidepressant drug Epicor mm-hmm. as a rare adverse event. In 2005, Andrea, um, she said, had been taking 450 milligrams twice the recommended maximum dose for a month before killing her children. Dolan reviewed her medical record at the request of Rusty. Andrea had been prescribed Epicor in varying doses since shortly after her first suicide attempt in 1999, um, said Dolan, who reviewed her medical records after her first trial at the request of Rusty. A month before the murders, her daily dose had increased to 450 milligrams, twice the recommended maximum dose, Dolan said. Dr. Lucy Prayer, an expert witness hired by NGO's defense team, countered their contentions regarding the um, administration of her antidepressants, saying the doses prescribed by Dr. Saeed are not uncommon in practice and had nothing at all to do with her re-emergent psychosis. Mm-hmm. Her, suggest, uh, her suggested, excuse me, she suggested rather that her psychosis returned as a result of the Hadaral having been discontinued by her doctor two weeks earlier. The overall um, form of Hadaral mm-hmm. takes four to six days after discontinuation to reach its terminal plasma level of under 1.5%, a medical standard for complete elimination of a drug from the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, when you're when you're being prescribed by a doctor any medicine, they just don't take you off. They no, re- they gotta re- wing you off, right? So, I a hundred percent believe that that could have been the reason why mm-hmm. she went crazy. They just her body went into a shock, right? And she quit cold turkey. Like you're not supposed to do that, yeah. Yeah. So, um. Media outlets allege that Michael, an internet preacher whom Rusty had met while attending Auburn University, bears some responsibilities for the death due to her to his fire and brimstone message, and certain teachings which were found in the newsletter titled the Perales Times, um, which which they have received on occasion and which was entered into evidence at the trial. In the aftermath of, the, of her 2006 retrial, which resulted in an insanity verdict, television journalist Chris Cuomo reported on ABC Primetime that um, Andrew's delusion were fueled by the extreme religious beliefs of a bizarre internet, I can't say that word, street preacher um, named Michael Warrenick. Both Rusty and, and Rusty and Michael were reject have rejected these accusations. Of course, mm-hmm. Rusty said that his family's relationship with uh, Warrenick was not that close, and Warrenick did not cause her delusion. Warrenick maintained that his correspondence with them was intended to help them straighten their marriage and find the love that he says his own family had found in Jesus. Both men agreed that the alleged connection between his message and his mental state. And, excuse me, her mental state was nothing more than media-created friction. While in prison, Andrea stated that she had not considered killing the children for two years, adding that they, that they thought she was not a good mother and claiming that her sons were developing improperly. She tried her jail psychiatrist, 
She means she told her jealous psychiatrist it was the seventh deadly sin. My children weren't righteous. They stumbled because I was evil. The way I was raising them, they could never be saved. They were doomed to perish in the fires of hell. Oh my God. So in August 2004, Rusty filed for divorce, saying that he and Angela had not lived together as a married couple since the day of the murders. The divorce was granted on March 17, 2005, after which Rusty began dating his second wife, Laura Arnold. They married on March 25, 2006, and had one son. She filed for divorce in 2015. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> she probably saw the same. Well, she's like, he probably was like, okay, we have one kid, right? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, let's go for the. And she's like, no, 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 no. I know you. I know you. It ain't going down. I'm making words for this woman. This woman probably is like, what are you talking about, young lady? So. Um, since January 2007, Andrea had been at Kerrville State um, Hospital, excuse me, a mental facility in Kerrville, Texas. Although she was remanded to the mental facility more than 15 years ago, Andrea can undergo a review every year to see if she is con um, competent to leave the facility. Now 57, Andrea opts each year to weigh her right to be reviewed. People Magazine confirmed that she had never undergone review, choosing instead to um, continue treatment. Details of her treatment have not been released. Her defense attorney, George Parnum, keeps in contact with Andrea and says that Andrea is happy in the facility. She's where she wants to be, where she needs to be, Parnum told ABC News last year. And I mean, hypothetically, where would she go? What would she do? Um, Parnum previously told people that Andrea greets for her children every day often watching home videos of the kids who she killed. She also spends her time making aprons, cards, and gifts in the in the craft room and anonymously selling and selling them. The money goes to the Andrew Children Memorial Fund, which was founded by Parnum and his wife, Mary, and is dedicated to the women's mental health, particularly postpartum mental health. Um, okay, so she, she kind of, she did... She had a neg negative issue, and she's trying to rectify it. rectify it and get more more knowledge out there about this kind of stuff. Which, being honest, I feel the second doctor needs to get a review on his license. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, and then second, I think the one that caused Andrea to have everything become worse than what it was was rusty oh yeah you know if you see that your wife is having issues then you need to stop worrying about what your wants are and realize you need to be there for your wife and if that means picking up the slack and having it where your wife is not fully you know res do working on her responsibilities and i say that with air quotes just I keep yeah. forgetting that he can't see me. Yeah. Um, then that's fine. She can do those responsibilities. That's okay. That's what you're there for. You're hurt. You're a marriage is basically what one cannot do. The other one will go ahead and pick up right. what that other person cannot do. Then that person picks up. It's a mutual thing of we work together. Right. And if one's sick, 
you hold their hand and you help them through it. You don't say, well, I'm one other kid and I think you can handle this. Because leaving her to handle this, he lost five beautiful kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't sure if her husband had, you know, like, if he was, how good of a father he was and husband and all that. Um, but after reading that, I'm like, mm, you didn't give two shits about her. You know, like, you could have cared less, whatever, you know, whatever happened to her, as long as she kept giving you babies. And the fact that if you're in her, um, you're seeing the psychiatrist, you're calling the psychiatrist and all that stuff, how you don't know that the psychiatrist said, listen, stop having babies, because they're causing you these postpartum depression, mm-hmm. psychiatric, um, psychosis, yeah. and the more you have, the worse it's going to get. Um, I also think that I agree with you that Dr. Saeed not winding her off of the hot and just taking it away was probably the main reason she killed him. Yeah. Because she had nothing, you know, like, I understand, and I'm, I'm in therapy now, but I understand that she, my, my therapist has told me, if we give you medicine, you know, I'm always like, listen, I don't want to just get kicked off of medicine if I need it. And no, 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 we never do that. If whatever medicine will start lowering until you don't need it no more. Mm-hmm. And that was like day three. Yeah. And you know, like, how are you just going to take her off? Especially 450 milligrams, first off. That's a high dosage. That's a high dosage. She was started at 300, which was pretty high for what normal is. Then he put it up to 150 and then took her off completely. Like, what? You're supposed to, you know, but. Yeah. Again, this is another case where the system failed her. Her own yeah. husband failed her in this case. Yes. Like, if the doctor's telling you, you, you there is no one in the world that's going to tell me that he didn't know that he was not supposed to leave her alone. You know. You automatically know that that's BS. Right. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, the psychiatrist told me, but we want to... No, if the psychiatrist told you it was for a reason, you know, there's yeah. no there's no reason why you think you're a better psychiatrist or know more about her mental health than the psychiatrist does. Exactly. So. But, yeah, unfortunately, five babies... Yes. ...are in heaven, and... I just think it, it's weird how, you know, she felt that she was evil and she was projecting her evil onto them. And I feel like that's that's more of that whole thing where um, the pushing of religion so heavy on people mm-hmm. can cause more of chaotic issues. Yeah. Especially when you're in postpartum depression and then add psychosis and then add schizophrenia. You know, you're just, you're just, that's just a wind for an explosion. And I know that with um, postpartum depression, because my ex-wife suffered from that, you already, like, I've heard her say, I'm not a good mom. I'm, you know, like, in her own, my words, this is not the right words, I'm not saying it's right. In her own little crazy moments that she mm-hmm. had. And I always had to reassure her, you're a great mom, you know, you have Matthew and you have, you know. Yeah. And... But they always feel that way. And then if she never got any reassurance at all. True. You know, 
even though like postpartum depression is not something that you still could harm your children even though you don't want to. I'm still I still don't you know, I'm just I'm glad that she got help. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that I can't say that she didn't deserve jail sentence either. She did deserve a jail sentence because she did kill her kids. And I'm not going to take back with my comment that I said about the gas chamber. Right. You you killed your kids right. at the end of the day. Let's be honest. Right. I'm glad that she's getting the help that she... But at least, yeah, she's accepting the help and at least she's doing what she got to do. Yeah. You know? And it sounds like she has remorse and she's having like a repent for it. Yeah, because she doesn't even want to get out now. No, she doesn't. Yeah. You know, she's like, I'm fine here. It's safer here. It's the world's better, you know, and I understand where she's coming from. Um, I wonder, does does Rusty even see his son? I don't know. I I mean, if I was the other mother, I would not let him see you, you know, like, because... Everybody's outside, and yeah, we yeah. keep looking out there. So I think we should this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Um, it's a I beautiful day. Um, so we're gonna let you guys go. You enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Have fun, be safe, and if you wanna send us a message, you can Instagram us at murderous underscore intentions underscore podcast, or you can email us at. Murderousintentions21 at gmail.com, or you can always tweet us at MI True Cry Podcast. See you next week, guys. Bye, guys.